Okay, so, uh, yes, my name is Kevin. I, I work, I love to work with youth, young people. That does not mean I don't like to work with old people. <laughs> yeah, uh, but yes, a lot of the work uh, I do is really with young people. And so uh, I see a lot of young people, so yay, yay, young people are coming to church. You know what I'm saying? It's not so boring, okay? It's one of the things I hear a lot about church with young people. No, it's for old people. You know, why? It's boring. It's so boring. Yeah, so young people are normally looking for entertainment. Unfortunately, Jesus does not entertain people. He just saves them. You know, so anyway. So I, I, I will be speaking today about true revival. What is true revival? What does it look like? Because there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of chat about revival. Revival is here. Or I've seen this thing in, I don't know if you guys are, in, who is on Instagram here, old people? Who's on Instagram? Nobody, you see. Oh, these are, you are not old, okay. <laughs> oh, there you go, okay. So, so you can see young people on Instagram, but older generation folks are on Facebook. Who is on Facebook, the older people? There you go, see what I mean. <laughs> so yeah, Facebook is for old, uh, let's not say old, uh, elderly. Elderly. Elderly, okay, anyway. <laughs> All right, let me stop right there before you destroy me. Okay. Ooh, Jesus. Yeah. So I want to speak about True Revival because I've been seeing this um, clip going on on Instagram, on on Facebook about the, the fire of God that's happening in the States. And a lot of people are like, you know what, we want to have some of that anointing transferred here. And so there's, there's a lot of desire uh, to really meet with God. And I see this not just in, in the States, like just personally, there's a lot, people generally want God in their lives. It's It's... Even those that think that they don't want God, want God in their lives. I've, I've seen this countless of times. Human beings are created to want God. It's, it's within our subconscious nature to desire intimacy with God. It's there. Even when you're struggling, you're like, deep down inside, you're like, Lord, just come. You know? so, so there is a lot of that. But that's not what we are exposed to sometimes. So I want to give you my first experience with the revival. And I do quotes because I was young. I was about eight years old, I think. Now, my mother is a, a strong African woman who is very Pentecostal. So let me speak about our families. In African families, you do not have a right to say no to going to church. We grow up with a very strong, you're going to go to church. If you don't go to church, I will beat you. <laughs> and you're going to go to church. <laughs> so so the, the, there was no discussion whether you're coming or not. You were just dressed and we went. So there was the morning services, which in normal African communities start from 8 and they end at 3, 4. So like church is life. You know, you pack lunch, you like, wow. Okay. You pack lunch, and you know, so I, 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 my experiences of church when I was young were not nice. Like, I really did not want to go to church. Then we had what they called revival meetings in the evening. So you can imagine, you went 8, it's 5 o'clock, you must quickly do whatever you need to do. You must be back there at 7 to like 10. Okay? And yet, my mom expects me to pass all my examinations Okay, in fact, it was, when I failed, it meant that I was not spending time with God. That was the relationship. Okay? <laughs> it was a tough life. Okay. Anyway, anyway. So, so my first encounters about revival were not normal. 
Let me put it that way. So, for example, the pastor would take the microphone, and as he's speaking or preaching, he would do, and he'll blow into the mic. Then everybody in the congregation would just fall. <laughs> now, as a nine-year-old, I'm like, what is going on here? Like, Can you stop this? You know. So, and this is these are the these are the ideas of revival that I grew around. The the man of God would spray water on people. Like, I'm not joking. This is the Pentecostal idea, at least in Eastern African communities, about what revival looks like. Okay, it's either blo- it's something so insane. I have been to meetings where people would just roll on the carpet. We call those deliverance meetings. That's 1992. Okay, 1992. I would see people do the the snake. You know, it was it was quite crazy. So by the time I was getting to 15, I was I was much. You, you know what I mean. I was tired. I was like, no, no, we're not going to do this. So now the arguments with mom started. You're coming to church. No, I'm not coming to church. To roll around on the floor. Why? <laughs> and then my, I just hear my dad say, hey. When dad said, hey, okay, we're going to church. <laughs> there was, you know, he's like, hey, I will die for my life. Anyway, so, <laughs> yeah. So we'd go to this, and, and then I started having this sort of like a rebellious vibe. So the pastors come, let me show you an example. So the pastors would come, and now it's, it's a revival most evening. And everybody's at the front, and then he'll start saying, in the name of Jesus. Okay. And I feel the spirit. You feel it. <laughs> but they would really like be Push. pushing my. Let me, I, I was also in one of the churches. He would like force. Drink you. Yeah. So, so now I decided, no. I, now I started praying. Now I'm praying. I'm saying, Lord, as they are pushing me, push against them. <laughs> And I would, ho- I would even put the leg back like, I am not going down. You can, yeah. And my mom used to come. So I was even hit by a Bible once. Like they took the thing and, come <laughs> on. And I was told, you're laughing. I was told this is a rebellious spirit. It does not want to submit. I was like, no, my guy, not me. You're not going to do that. So, and there was another style. They would step on your legs. Like they'll step on your legs and so that you have no balance. And then push you. So me I, me, I used to, like, they would push me, I'd go back, and I'll stand again. I'd say, it didn't work. <laughs> so, so these are the, man, I've got so many stories. I've seen people, like, like I'm in the congregation, right? And, and the pastor is praying, and then all of a sudden he says, receive the Holy Ghost. And then this guy is about to fall. He looks behind, he moves the chair out of the way, and then falls. I'm like, I... <laughs> no, I said, I'm not going to do this. So I, 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 I'm like, no, man, I want the genuine thing. There's got to be something that is genuine, but not what I'm seeing, you know? So I, I, I really, like, as I grew up and I, and, I, and I read the Bible and I went to different youth groups and I went to different mentors, I started to realize that a revival is not really external. And I kind of want to start by, by speaking about that. There, there's a lot of external things you can see happening. You know, like you can really see, and I don't want to disqualify falling. By the way, I'm not saying that the Holy Spirit cannot make you fall. That's not really what this is about. I'm just saying I didn't want to do what I saw people doing. The, the Holy Spirit can touch you in such a way that you can fall or 
roll around, whatever he wants you to do. However, I was saying, I want what is genuine in my spirit. I don't want it to be forced, and I want to find out what is the truth about having a revival. What is this revival thing? Anyway, so the more I, I studied scripture and the more I came around, you know, also the Lord brings people in your life that actually school you. They teach you and say, no, this is what is biblical, and this is what is not biblical. You know, and unfortunately, I don't know to say this, but there's a lot of people who do not have that kind of... Uh, um, they didn't get that opportunity. So even in an older age, they're still practicing what they saw 29 years ago about what they thought a revival looks like. You know? So anyway, so the more I studied scripture, I just found out, I, I realized there's a lot of external things that we look at and we can easily be deceived into thinking this is a revival. So I, I really just want to caution you and myself and everybody concerning the falling for the externalness of the anointing, okay? It's great if, if you experience the anointing of God, but it's not only external, right? So I kind of want to just write, read a bit of scriptures with that, if you'll give me some time. I don't have a slide, so please, if you don't mind going with me, to Matthew chapter 15, verse 8, and Isaiah chapter 29, verse 13, and Matthew 24, 24. So if you get the scripture, you can read it. Uh, Matthew chapter 15, verse 8, three scriptures. Matthew 15, verse 8, Isaiah 29, verse 13, and Matthew 24, verse 24. Please, you get, it's not going to be up there. I didn't put up slides. Sorry for that. Please just read scriptures with me so we can do it together. So I'll open it. I'll also go there. If you get there before me, just say I and read it. I don't mind as well. So Matthew 15, verse 18. Anybody there? You're there? Yes, go for it. Yeah, read, yeah, read, read. But evil words come from evil, evil hearts, and defile the man who says them. For from the heart comes evil thoughts, murder, adultery, fornication, theft, lying, and slander. How far do you want to go? Uh, until 18, sorry. I read, just read 8. I think I confused here my scriptures, but read it again. 15, 8, I'm going there. 15, verse 8. 15. Verse 8. Yeah, verse 8. 8. These people say they honor me, but their hearts are far away. Mm-hmm. Verse 9. Their worship is worthless, but they teach their man-made laws instead of those from God. There we go. So it says here, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. So one of the things the Lord started challenging me was during worship. I, I love music, and I, I love to lead worship. And I would be singing stuff, and the Lord would convict me while I am leading the song and telling me, what you're singing, you don't believe. Like, like just flat out. And sometimes I even started feeling like I don't want to lead worship anymore. Because the would be singing a song like, uh, I surrender all. And the Lord is like, but you're lying. <laughs> you're, you're just saying it. But have you really surrendered it all? And to be honest, if I can really be honest with you, it was not true. I had not surrendered all. And so the Lord started to challenge me about the content of my heart. And not necessarily the externalness 
of, of, of what I want to experience as a revival. This is something really touched my heart. So the Lord would say to me, before you sing songs, I want you to look at the material you are singing and ask yourself the question, do you believe what you're singing? And how far do you believe what you're saying? Because that's really what revival starts to look like. God is more focused, not on what we tell him. Because, I don't know about you, but me, I can lie. <laughs> you know? So sometimes we, we do things out of uh, verse 9. In vain they worship me, teaching, in vain do they worship me, teaching doctrines and commandments of men. Sometimes, and this is just my own opinion, I don't think everyone does it, I think sometimes when you grow up in a certain way of doing church, it becomes normal to stand and sing in a certain way and go through the notions of the singing and the what. So it becomes, for lack of a better word, tradition. You know what I mean? It's, it's tradition. And because of tradition, we end up losing the heart behind why we do what we are doing. You know what I mean? And so... The Lord started challenging me. Is this a practice of man because you've grown up doing this? Or are you giving this to me really as worship? It's a tough word, but this is, this is, these are the things that the Lord started like breaking my heart. So, so one of the things, if I could put a point out here, one of the things about revival is that it cannot be lip service. It's not singing. Let me put it that way. It's not singing. We can sing for hours and really not encounter Jesus in our hearts. And I've seen this. And, and, I, and I want to really just challenge you. I know, I know Pastor sometimes says, come to the front. And you're like, but I don't want to get out of my chair. <laughs> I'm also like that sometimes. Like, I don't feel like doing this. You know? But I want you to, to challenge you really. That during in times of worship, ask the Lord. These things that they're singing, I'm struggling with some of the things that are happening. And the Lord will start bringing your heart into alignment. Sometimes it's just like that. Sometimes it's not the singing. It's looking out to your singing and asking the Lord, am I in this or am I just fooling myself? And you'll see what starts to happen in your heart is that God starts to prepare a heart of repentance. Does that make sense? Yeah? Yeah? So, so one of the things that you're, you're looking out for a revival Question if this is just the outside or is it really something that's happening on the inside, you know? So let's go to, let's go to Matthew chapter 24, verse 24. I quickly want to go to this one and then we'll go to Isaiah 29. Matthew 24, verse 24. There's something also I've seen. Matthew 24, verse 24 says here, I got this, it says... Mount 24, 24, 24. All right, so Matthew 24, 24, it says, For false Christs and false prophets will arise and perform great signs and wonders, so as to lead astray, if possible, even the very elect. Verse 25, I have told you this beforehand. So if they say to you, look here, in the wilderness, do not go out. If they say, look here in their inner rooms, do not believe it. For as the lightning comes from the east and shines as far as the west, so it will be in the coming of the Son of Man. Now, why this scripture? Most of the times, revivals are associated with a heavy connection of miracles. Like almost, you know? 
and, and, and then we start to fall for the miracles more than the one who's doing the miracles. And I've seen that draws people in because, uh, because we have need. I, I have sat with patients with cancer and, and I've, I have desired for the Lord to heal them. Genuinely and honestly in my heart, I was like, Lord, can you just touch them so that they can see you? So I know the, the desire for man to be healed. I know it's there. And a lot of the times when we see miracles and signs and wonders happening outside, we're quickly drawn to it because we think that is the signal of a revival. But we're seeing through scripture that even false prophets and false teachers can also do these things. So then what will the genuine one look like? Let's look at Isaiah 29 verse 13. Kind of want to go into this one. If you get there before me, please just read it. Say I and just read it. Isaiah 29 verse 13. Anybody there? Yes, go for it. Continue verse 14. Alright, I actually just wanted that Isaiah 29 verse 13. But I'll read it. Uh, do you have Joel? Joel chapter 2, and then somebody else can read Joel chapter 2, verse 12 to 13. Joel chapter 2, verse 12 to 13. I'm just running through scriptures that have um, some connotation of the heart and our desire to fellowship with God. Joel chapter 2, verse 13 to 14. If you get there before me, say I and just read it. Anybody? Yes? That's it. So in, in Joel, what we see, the, the requirement that God sets out to meet with us is a broken heart. It says, do not tear your garment. So in Israel those days, when they were going to fasting, what they did, they would take their cloak and tear it, put on ash cloth and show that, and show, it's a physical sign to show that they have humbled themselves before the Lord. But they did that. But in doing that, their hearts were, were not representing what their outside was doing. And so, Scripture again, Joel chapter 2, is saying to us, let your hearts be broken. This is really what draws near, what draws God near to us. And I want to show that in Psalms. Psalms is one of my favorite scriptures. It's in Psalms chapter 51, verse 17. Uh, what, makes, what makes a revival legitimate is the brokenness of our hearts. Okay, so we can see it in Psalms chapter 51, verse 17. If you get it before me, please say aye and just read it. 
Psalms 51 verse 17. 5, 1, 17. You got it. Did you get it or did I do something weird there? There we go. Let's go for it. There we go. Uh, my translation says, The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit and a contrite heart. Oh God, you will not despise. So what draws God to come to us? Brokenness. Sincere, genuine, contrite, brokenness of heart. The greatest sign of revival, and this is my own opinion, I think some of the greatest signs of revival is when humans decided to repent. Yeah, when people said, look, I, I, I need my heart to change. Not, I want to show people. I think this is the time where you see God really come because he's so interested. This is his thing. In fact, the whole of Jesus coming to earth to die on the cross was for this purpose, to reconcile God to man. So what is his requirement? A broken and a contrite heart. So what does that look like, really? A broken and a contrite heart is a heart that says, I'm a sinner. That's the, that's the entry point of repentance. And when someone reaches a place where they're saying, oh, Lord, I am a sinner, I, I can almost guarantee that the level of pride is very little, if not at all non-existent. For us to reach a place where we're saying, I acknowledge I am faulty and I am at fault. Not all oh, the world is treating me funny. I am at fault. Then we really see the Holy Spirit come to meet us. Like, like, and, and I, can, I want to guarantee this. Every time you acknowledge your sin before the Lord, you can expect the Holy Spirit to visit you heavily. Because he wants to come and say, but Jesus has taken the sin away from you, and I've come to comfort you. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He comes to give us comfort. Why? Because he knows we are, we are sinners. He knows it. But it's up to us to acknowledge, and this is for me one of the greatest signs of a revival happening in a town, in a city. What you start to see is people start to get saved. Salvation becomes one of the greatest indicators that a revival is happening. Now, that revival, that repentance breaks up into other things. For example, and I heard this story a uh, long time ago. The people who were dealing with drugs and alcohol, the, not the Bible, this particular article said they closed their shops. Can you see their outpouring now? It's not a, a singing thing, but because they have met with Christ, they have repented of their ways of living, then the community is affected. Why? Because this person is willing to leave the money they are making. I think people make money from selling alcohol a lot. <laughs> like a lot. Yay. So, 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 <laughs> so someone to say, look, this, this source of income, I want you to think from a source of income perspective, not from a drinking perspective. This chunk of money that I could be enjoying, maybe he doesn't drink themselves, but this chunk of money that I've been enjoying, I am willing to forego it. Because I've got a conviction in my heart. Ah, 
Can you see what revival starts to look like? Then all of a sudden, we wouldn't have to bribe the immigration officers. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, uh-uh, there would be no need for wickedness. Why? Because the people, even in authority, will be like, no, this is not on. Why? Their heart. So I've seen a lot of... We, we've been, I've been praying for governments to stop being corrupt for a long time. I, I don't know about you, a long time. I'm like, Jesus, can you just... So my prayer was actually like this. The, when I was younger, I used to pray, remove them. Okay? <laughs> they must go. Okay? <laughs> Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ, I pray for this wicked official. Can't they get out of the system? Because they're disrupting. Then the Lord came to wire me. Came to say to me, ah, listen, I don't think you're praying to me because that's not the instruction that I, I, I give, that you pray for us to remove them. It's not in the, the Bible says pray for your leaders. It doesn't say how to pray for them. <laughs> so, so I, I, no, really, like really, I used to pray dangerous prayers. You know, I come from that African background. We have dangerous prayers. Strike them in the name of, you know, as they are walking, may they fall into the pits. May their tire come up. It is, it, we, we are murdering people in prayer. I'm not joking. Like, like really. Like, like, and we, and you know, we are taught like this is normal. Like I grew up thinking that you can pray for people to die. And it was normal. Because David does it. You know what I'm saying? Lord, the people that are dig, digging pits for me, may they fall in their own pits. In their own, may you tear the limbs apart. Those are my kind of prayers. And I feel like I'm powerful. <laughs> you get what I mean? It's not the Lord. It is really not the Lord. So how, how do officials get a change of heart? Clearly God's intention is not for them to die. Because he already sent his son to die. Why must other people die? No, that's not the intention. So clearly there's a, there's a type of revival they have not yet seen. There's a level of repentance that has not yet come. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I, I stopped, I stopped the, those <laughs> dangerous prayers. And I started to say, Lord, may you touch their hearts. It became now my prayer. And I even started saying, may you send people their way. Because sometimes some of them need an encounter with righteousness. And somebody just needs to sit with them and preach to them the word. And as they receive the word, we pray that their hearts be changed. Because that's how the kingdom advances. It's not singing. I want you to just imagine for a second getting into the minister's office and starting Come by here, my Lord. Come by here. They will kick you out. <laughs> they say, can you get out? You're causing nonsense here. Okay? <laughs> I'm not saying, don't do that. If the Lord says to you, go and sing a song, please go sing a song. Okay? Don't say the pastor said, do not sing to the music. Go sing the song. It will do something. The point I'm saying is, if we don't catch the heart of God for salvation, the revivals we keep on wanting will be just a dream. How do people's hearts get changed? They must hear the word. And that word, yes. Yes, add a scripture. Yes. Can you see that? So that they hear and turn, that I will heal. 
Can you see the relationship? Okay, so why don't we see healing in churches? There is no repentance. You want healing to come forth heavily. Well, let people start repenting. I can assure you, we will not be struggling with paying for, for people for healing. We'll do the poll things. I'll give you my handkerchief. You'll go give it to someone there. They will be healed. Why? Repentance. God is just looking for broken and contrite hearts. This is the requirement he has set. Not to, I didn't set this requirement. But as long as we are holding on to our ideas of pride and our ideas of what makes us us, and unfortunately we're living in a generation where we're told, just be you. No, don't be you. <laughs> Please, don't do that. <laughs> be like Jesus. <laughs> no, I'm serious. I've, I've, I've had a lot of, of teaching that is encouraging people to be themselves. If we encourage people to be themselves, we are going to have a disturbed world. Think about it for a moment. If they really let you be you. Me, I'm afraid of me already. I'm af- <laughs> how, how can we tell people, be yourself? No. Yeah, oh, oh, you are enough. No, you're not enough. You need Jesus. It's so simple. Yeah. We keep on doing, oh, you can do it all by yourself. And what is the other one? You're strong and independent. You're strong and independent. Love you. No, you are very selfish. You're all that matters. Yeah, you're all that matters in the world. It's rubbish. <laughs> you are not all that matters. You're not independent. You need people in your life. The Lord brings people in your life. In fact, the way you are born, it required people to get you here. You could not come by your own. You're not Jesus. <laughs> it needs to, people need to hear this. Because a lot of the times we've got this self-love idea. You know, like the world is really selling self-love. Love, love yourself. No, the Bible says, don't love yourself. Love others. So why do we have depression in the world? I'm steering off from what I wanted to preach. Why do we have depression? Because people have become self-focused. Lovers of themselves. The Bible says, you, they, in the end times, they shall become lovers of themselves. And then we come to pastors and they say, oh, pastor, pray for me, I'm depressed. I, we, I don't pray for depression. Do you know what I do? I just... Tell people, stop thinking about you. Go give somebody a gift. You will see, the thing will leave you. I, I really want to encourage you. I'm, I'm diverting from what we were speaking about. Let me come back to the point. We're going to read last thing and then I'm stopping here. Let's go to, uh, there's a lot of scripture, but I'll leave that one. Let's go to Luke chapter 19, verse 1 to 10. Luke chapter 19, verse 1 to 10. This is the last reading. Uh, and I just want to show you the change of heart. When, when we allow Jesus to come into the home. Luke chapter 1, verse 19. It's the story of Zacchaeus. Luke chapter 19, verse 1 to 10. Luke chapter 19, verse 1 to 10. There's a story of Zacchaeus. I really love this story because it gives short people uh, just hope. <laughs> short, you know, like... Okay, let's leave it. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. Yeah, I, there's a reason why he went to short people, guys. Because tall people would be like, ah, yeah. Anyway, so it says, it reads here. If you're there, please read it. Whoever is there, you can just read it. I hope it's not too long. It's, it's not. <laughs> it's not too long. Uh, so, uh, I'm still looking for it. Anybody there? Yes, please go for it, Rudolph. Collector and was wealthy. 
wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down uh, at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, He has gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is the son of Abraham. For the son of man, man came to seek and to save the lost. There we go. What is the purpose of revivals? Seek and save the lost. And I love the story of Zacchaeus because for me, I know we put a lot of emphasis on ourselves to seek God. But Jesus will invite himself to you. He's got that tendency all the time. Revelation chapter 3 verse 20 says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. We didn't phone him, I can assure you. He rocks up. Jesus will always, he takes the initiative. He comes. He will be the one to come and he will invite himself. He said, look, I want to come into your house and I want to dine with you. He will always invite him. The, the, the trouble we have is opening the door and say, come in. Because we are afraid, should you come into my house, the things that you're going to find are not pleasing to you. But he did not come because of the things that are in the house and the hawkers we have. No. He came because he knew, I have come to seek and to save the lost. That's why he came. We want revival. I've had a lot of people say, I want revival in your... You want revival in your own personal life? Tell the Lord, I'm here to repent of my sins. I can assure you, you'll start to feel uh, invigorated, a uh, lack of passion for Jesus. If you're feeling sad and, oh, I don't like Jesus... No, 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 no. Just start repenting of your sins. I can assure you, the Lord comes to... It's a greeting. The Lord comes to meet that. And, and you will be amazed at how all of a sudden you are enjoying righteousness and not being afraid of it. We were speaking about this. Somebody was telling me at, at a community on Wednesday. We had community on Wednesday and they were saying, we were speaking about how we should confess our sins to one another as brothers. And, and one of the guys said, but how can I do that? The people are going to judge us at church. You can't just come and tell people your things, you know. But we can speak to Jesus. We can speak to God. We can be open with Jesus. And I, I, and I really want to, I'm, I'm stressing you. I know I'm stressing you. I'm speaking about revival, but I'm saying if we want to see revival in our own homes, you want to see a revival in your own home, let Jesus in. Letting Jesus in, it has consequences. He's going to challenge you and me about the things we watch. Hello. He's going to challenge us about these things. Mm? It's the real stuff. He's going to challenge us about our unforgiveness towards each other in the house, not even in the church, in the house. Sometimes I look at my wife. It's a good thing she's not here. <laughs> God forgive me. I did find anything there. <laughs> you know, you know ne? let me just be honest with you guys. Sometimes the thing that God looks at is really our house. Leave, you know, we can be very nice to people outside the home, yeah? 
Can I be real with you for a second? Do you know how you love people who are not in the house? Think about it just for a second. How kind you are to outside people. Oh, hi, how are you doing? <laughs> Mar in the house. Yay. It is ready to backlame it, Joe. Don't make me take out the Batman. You, 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 like, wow. It's, it's re- I'm serious. I, I know we are laughing, but you don't know. That's why the things are real. And sometimes God is not looking at how we are behaving in public. Oh, Lord Jesus. Sometimes, it's really I'm speaking to my firstborn son. In what manner, in what tone, in what attitude do I have towards them? In, it's my wife. Sometimes the Lord is... Maybe the exam is really just my wife. Maybe that's my exam. <laughs> you know, sometimes we make life so complicated. Maybe it's just my wife. And I'm speaking to her. Am I really treating her as a daughter of the Lord? Am I really treating my husband like the man of the house that God says he is? Am I treating my kids like they are a blessing from heaven? (laughs) I have prayed many prayers. Most of them go like this. Are you sure you brought them to the right house? (laughs) Because, hey. (laughs) Hello. (laughs) No, it's tough. It's tough. If we can just really just be, it's tough. But I think, I think this is what revival will look like. If in your own home, you want to come home. If your kids don't want to leave home because you as a dad are there. No, why are you not leaving the house? Oh, dad is in the house. I can't leave. I enjoy being with him so much. I don't want to go anywhere. For us, or for me, let me just say for us, and I'm going to stop with this. In 2018, somewhere there, 2018, let me confess my sins to you that I might be healed. <laughs> somewhere in 2018, I started having a really mean attitude towards my kids. They would hear the car, and they would disappear into their bedrooms. I don't know if you've had that experience. But yet, I'm the pastor. And somehow, I must bring these people that are running away from me to Jesus. How? How? When they can't even see me. I'm supposed to be a representation of the Heavenly Father. And the Heavenly Father is always calling us. Here are my kids running away. (laughs) Why? I was just being mean. My wife started telling me, ah, bra, you know what, eh? Mm." Yeah, because she calls me bra. (laughs) Bro, listen. I think, think of the kids as congregation members. <laughs> you know, because she, she knew, she told me, ah, listen, you're being mean here, I was going to manifest. And she really told me, look, your kids need discipleship more than they need discipline. Because our emphasis is discipline. And that discipline, let's be honest, sometimes it's not because we want them to be more like God, it's because we don't want to be embarrassed outside. We put pressure on them to conform to a certain norm and idea so we don't look bad in front of other peers. Hello. And then you're wondering why they're rebelling when they're 15. They were not discipled. We were just disciplining them. But the purpose was not to bring them to Jesus. Think about it. If we could discipline to disciple to bring to Christ, what would our attitude towards our own kids look like? I mean, we spend coffees. I go to people, we sit there. I'm really digressing. 
I go to coffee, I buy people coffee, we sit down, we have vanilla with the youth and what, and we're just encouraging them to be godly and what. We're spending years with them to be discipled. And our house? Do you know one of the criterias to be an elder in the house of God is they don't say how well are you leading a congregation? Do you know what's the criteria? What does your house look like? So clearly, Jesus has a reason why he looks at the house. There you can't lie. They know you. They know me. So guess what I had to do from around 2020? So I got COVID. That's actually what happened. Let me give you the story we finish. So 2020, I got COVID. It was bad. It was bad. I almost died. I was really dying. Like, I even started writing my will. Like things. I said, okay, Lord, it looks like it's over for us. And I remember... Clearly, the Holy Spirit showing me how I have wasted time in being angry. Like how much time I wasted in this anger things of the world. So, in my dying breaths, I told the Lord, I am sorry. He said, no, me, I forgive you. The people that need to forgive you is your madam. I called the madam. I said, madam, I have not been treating you well for all these years. I'm sorry. I was being funny. And I'm a pastor, eh? I'm a pastor, by the way. Don't forget this. You, you are lucky. Me, I'm a pastor. <laughs> <laughs> I just had to say, Lord, I, 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 I'm sorry. I, I, I really didn't see you the way God wanted me to see you. There's a scripture. I love this scripture. It's in Corinthians. Pastor also likes it. It says, now we don't regard anyway, anybody anymore in a carnal way. But most of our lives, we've looked at people carnally. And let me tell you something. The more we see people in a carnal way, you can forget about them being reconciled to you or to Christ. But the Bible says we no longer look at each other anymore in this way. We see people the way Jesus says. I, I had to confess, say, Madam, I've been looking at you as a wicked person. I thought you were Eve. Always manip- wanting to manipulate me. <laughs> Wrong image. <laughs> No, it's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's true. And I said, I'm sorry. Please, for, would you please forgive me? Because I don't want to go there and knock the gate and they say to me, sorry, you're at the wrong place. <laughs> I, I was, yeah, I'm, we're laughing. Yeah, I was serious. I said, madam, it looks I'm going. I'm going. She was forcing me to go to the hospital and the Holy Spirit had told me, don't go to the hospital. Stay at home. There you die. I said, yeah, there, here you die. <laughs> yeah, this is your resting place. So, so, so I, 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 I confessed. And then for like four hours or six hours, I blacked out. When I woke up, my strength was back. My lungs, when I went to the doctor, were still 80% not working. But somehow, I had strength. So from then on, my idea and the belief that I have in Jesus is totally not the same. I really believe Jesus is Lord of our lives. And I want to encourage you. You want to get closer to God. Approach him with repentance. He will receive you open-handedly. And I'm challenging the fathers, I'm challenging mothers, I'm challenging pastors, I'm challenging young people. We want to get closer to God. It does not happen by singing songs only. We really need to hear what it looks like and what kind of heart God wants from us. There should be no bickering in our communities. There should be no gossiping in our communities. There should not be... There's too much, there's, the time is so short. 
we can't really afford to be fighting amongst each other. The work is up there. There are so many people that don't know about Jesus, but we have not really pushed. I, I, okay, I don't know. I haven't pushed. And I think we can do better. We can really get out there and really tell people, listen, Jesus is coming soon. And as we do that, that revival we are wanting to see, we will see it. Amen? Amen. I'm going to stop there. Please let me ask you to stand so we can pray together. Father, we uh, want to come before you, Lord, realizing that uh, for, for most of our lives we have been hypocritical with you, we've been hypocritical with one another, and there's a level of genuineness we have not been. So today, Lord, we want to come to you with repentance. We're asking you, Lord, may you forgive us of our sins in the name of Jesus Christ. I want you for a second to just think about the people that you need to forgive. Some of us are still struggling with some people. In our hearts, we are trapped there because we are struggling to see that God has forgiven us and freely we have received forgiveness and freely we can give it. So I want to ask you to ask the Holy Spirit to empower you to forgive some of these guys that you have been holding on to. Some of us who are in relationships, in marriages, we have hurt one another because of some of the words we've said, because of how we've been living our lives. And the Lord is calling us to order. So I want to ask you in this time, take this as an opportunity between you and God. Bring your heart to God. And ask him to really touch you. Not for the sake of behavior modification, but because you really want to be like Jesus. So Lord, we bring your congregation before you. These are your people. So Lord, I pray where our hearts have gone astray, where our hearts have become hardened, we can't hear you, we can't see you, we are struggling, Lord. I pray, Lord, in Jesus' name, may you give us the strength to break the hardness of our hearts and to remove the cotton in our ears so that you can touch us and times of refreshing can come upon us. Lord, for the peace that we so desire, but we are lacking in seeing it because we are struggling to repent, I pray may you bring forth the spirit of repentance. And as we repent, Lord, may healing come in the name of Jesus Christ. As we repent, Lord, may you mend broken relationships in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. I see like, a, like an old person, you've got an estranged son far away from you. They have never been talking to you. They have never even desired to call you. I pray, Lord, may you start to mend this relationship as we repent in the name of Jesus Christ. Uh, Lord, I also bring the youth before you where we have looked at adults and we have ridiculed them and said they, have, they are old. Lord, and we have brought forth a lot of tension and dissension amongst the community because of age. We say today, Lord, we are repenting. In the name of Jesus. Lord, we want to accept that this is how you have ordained it. In Jesus' name. Lord, where we have looked at each other in a way that is not godly, we come against that spirit in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Lord, the color issues that we have so much fought in church about. Lord, I thank you. There is no black. There is no white. There is no rich. There is no poor. There is no male. There is no female. We are one in you. So today, Lord, we come and say, we repent in the name of Jesus Christ of all of these divisions that we have brought into the kingdom of God. They have got no say in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Today, Lord, we are going to look at each other the way you want us to look at each other in the name of Jesus. Every opportunity that Satan takes because of our weaknesses, Lord, I pray, may you bring brothers and sisters that can cover one another. So we can look after one another in the name of Jesus. Lord, we call forth a true revival.
in our midst. In the name of Jesus. May there be a, a natural breaking. Lord, may we not have to call people to come to community. In the name of Jesus. May it be a willing thing because they have come into fellowship with you. In the name of Jesus. Lord, I want to thank you for the children that you have given us. The little ones, Lord. There are so many in the house. Lord, I want to thank you that children are a blessing from you. Lord, where we have cursed our own children. We have said, oh, little demon. Or minion. Or whatever we've been labeling them. And they have been living up to the standard of our calling. We want to repent for all the names we have called them. In the name of Jesus. Today we call all children in the house. Blessed of the Lord. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Peace is their portion. In the name of Jesus Christ. We want to accept the word of heaven. Concerning the children that we have received. Because they come from above. We want to accept them the way they have been sent to us. In the name of Jesus Christ. Now Lord we come against every form of self-righteousness. That we have put on ourselves to think we are better than anybody. Today, Lord, we want to repent of this in the name of Jesus. And we humble ourselves before you. And we say, you are the only one that is righteous and has the right to judge everybody. We do not have such rights. Today, Lord, we surrender our rights. We surrender our male rights. We surrender our gender rights. We surrender whatever rights we have to you in the name of Jesus. And I pray, Lord, may you make us one as you are one with the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. We want to thank you. Lord, we declare this in the name of Jesus Christ. May the portion anointing that is designated for our direction, may it not be hindered by our foolishness in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, we come to you and I ask for a spirit of repentance. In Jesus' name, I do trust and pray. And all the saints said, Amen. 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 Amen.